Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, Matt, Dallas, Rachel, and a few guests wrap up our summer series, Disciple, and talk through questions related to the series. This panel answers the question, what did you wish you had known in middle or high school? And then talks through what life with Jesus, life in community, and life on mission looked like in their lives back then and what it looks like now. We hope you enjoy this message. Guys, grab a seat and welcome to Fellowship Greenville students. Uh, we are so glad you're here. Logan, thank you. Ginny Ann, thank you so much. Great to be here with you guys tonight. Um, guys, we are uh, ending our disciple series tonight, and it's the last night of, um, of combined middle school and high school. And so we thought, man, what if we did something a little different tonight? As we end our disciple series, what if we uh, had multiple voices on stage to speak towards a few things? Uh, yeah. So. Yes, yes. So tonight's a little bit of a panel discussion-ish, um, but here's how it's gonna work. Uh, it was originally gonna be me and Dallas and Rachel, and then two of my best friends in the whole world uh, just walked through the door like around 6 p.m. Oh. and I was like, oh dude, if they're here, let's roll. Surprise. So you guys remember Tyler from last week? Woo! Yeah, Tyler! guy. So in case you weren't here or if you forgot, Tyler was in seventh grade and I was his small group leader and stuck with him all the way through uh, when he graduated high school and then he went to college in the same town and eventually started volunteering in the ministry that I was pastoring. Uh, well, my co-small group leader for this knucklehead in seventh grade was this guy on the end here. So this is my friend, Daniel. Uh, we call him Stallion because he grew up. Yeah. Yes. Look at the love, Italy. He grew up in Italy, so he's the Italian Stallion. So Daniel, is, uh, he grew up as a missionary kid in Italy. Uh, and then came over to the States for school. That's where I met him in college. And we became friends and started volunteering together. Stallion is a student pastor in Lexington, South Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's gonna be on the, the panel tonight as well. So literally they've had no prep time. They didn't even know this was happening. I saw them walk in and I was like, we need two more chairs on stage. So uh, man, they've been so gracious. And then you guys know and love Dallas and Rachel. So they're gonna be up here hey. as well. Can we shout out Rachel's shirt? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Know, a, it's an Italian shirt. I didn't shirt. really think about that, Sal, but it. it's, a, it's a map of Italy. In honor yes. of me. Thank yeah. you. Andiamo. Where did you live, Stallion? <laughs> In the heel of the boot. In the heel of the boot? Uh-huh. Body. 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 Where the, maybe? Maybe? Maf- where the mafia operates. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 We're usually speaking of this openly, but yeah. So, so Rachel's shirt says Andiamo, which means mm-hmm. let's go. Let's go. Right? Uh, Honestly, I didn't know that. <laughs> You didn't know that? No. Really? For all you knew, that was like the most yeah. inappropriate shirt. Oh my gosh. It was sold at Jericho. I figured it yeah, was. I don't know what it means, but it's Italian. So a few years ago, I was in, in Italy traveling. Uh, I was in Roma in the time, and we had just finished a tour of the Colosseum. And our tour guide, y'all, was crazy. Like, she, she was very enthusiastic. She was very, like, fearless. And so I remember we walked across the street from the Colosseum, we walked up this huge hill, and in Italy, the driving... Oh, yeah, it's, dude, it's crazy. <laughs> it's actually, I would say they're better drivers than American drivers, but with way less rules. It's aggressive. It's really aggressive. Like, red light is a suggestion. It's like, oh, nah. I mean, it was, it was wild just wow. seeing, like, cars disobey laws and pedestrians zip, zip, zipping, little Vespas, like, going, like, little Dallas on a scooter would be zipping through Rome. Hey, hey. Um, anyway, so we're up in the top of this hill. And, you know, in Italy, there's all these sports cars, Maserati, Ferrari, all the, you know, Lambos, they're all, they're all going. 
And in this road, there's like, like they're all going. And the tour guide, no joke, like we have earpieces in so we can hear her from, you know, 30 yards out. She just puts a foot out and in the thing I hear, andiamo, and steps out into oncoming traffic and expects the whole, like, they're not, it's not like, oh, pedestrians have the right of way. It's like cars are going 70 miles an hour and she just steps and says, let's go, andiamo, and expects this whole American group to come with her. Dude, I was like, dude, if that's not gospel, like Jesus just saying, let's go, go. follow me, you have no clue and you will die. Uh, you like, will die. Dude, it was, it was wild. Wow. Andiamo. That's my hometown, man. Yeah. Hey, we ran a couple of, couple of yellowish red lights in Greenville today, too. Huh. Yeah, don't Just do that. In honor, in honor of Italy. <laughs> in honor of Italy. <laughs> I broke the law from my home country. Don't do that, please. Um, wow. Well, so here's what we're going to do. We, we are going to uh, go through our disciple series. And if you guys remember the triangle... We have identified to be a disciple of Jesus, to be a follower of Jesus, to, to be like Jesus, to imitate him, is a life with Jesus, a relationship with Jesus, life in community with one another, and then life on mission, this desire to, to, to take the message of Jesus and to tell others about it. The scriptures call us ambassadors, this idea that, that we carry this message and we represent the king and we are here in his name to talk about that. And so we're saying those three corners are the pillars of, of what it means to be a disciple. So we're gonna walk through that tonight. Rachel's gonna guide us through some things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've asked her to share more. She's very resistant. So guys, peer pressure goes a long way. So tonight, I think if she felt pressure from you, she might, she might share more. Yeah, Rachel, see, they love you. Yes. They love you. I'm just, Matt knows that I'm not a big on the spot person. So yeah, I was like, yeah, I can on, ask you man. questions. But I told sharing? her, I told oh, her wow. this week during sermon planning, I was like, hey, Rachel and Brentley. She knew. Rachel and Brentley, we need to get you guys up there. I was there this week. Well, that's why I was saying it. So, <laughs> and Brentley was like, nah, fam. And Rachel wasn't there to say no. So this is how so we, here we are. This is how we wound up where we're at. Yeah. We so Rachel's yeah. going to kind of guide the conversation tonight through the context of the triangle. Mm-hmm. Um, and truly, Stal and Tyler, we're blessed to have you guys here. Thanks for being gracious and just willing to jump in. On stage, I haven't done the math in terms of, like, this is my 15th year of student ministry, some, somewhere similar for you, Stal, Dallas, somewhere less than that, but still, still, nine, a, yeah. still a, a good number. Yep. Tyler? Probably six, seven. Yeah, so mm-hmm. combined, someone who's good at math. Brentley, this... There you go, sis. You don't have to teach, but numbers, that's your jam, whatever that is. So combined, we got a lot there. And then Ray stepping in from Young Life. And then, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then this yeah. is your, you, we just hit intern, two years, two year yeah, anniversary just with hit you. two years. Wow. Wow. Oh, Congratulations. Guys, fun, fun fact, when I interviewed Rachel for this job, the first time I ever met her, I, li- I like to, I like intentionality. If I hire you, Go I want to make sure, I want to make sure that we got it. So the first time I ever met her, I did a, I, I put her in the ringer. I did a three hours straight one-on-one interview and I just like. Slightly aggressive. Just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was going to be one and I was like, I really have to go to the bathroom. Yeah, I gave her a bathroom break, but I was like, yeah, three hours, man. That's a lot. That's a lot. So. Uh, so good. But so good. She's a great fit. Yeah. All, All right. right, Ray. Ready? I'm ready, man. All right. So the first question I have for you guys. This is fun. It's like two on yeah. two. And you guys don't even know these. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, don't you even have know these no questions. We got no <laughs> prep time out here, man. I love it. It'll man. be so good. I love All it. improv. Oh my god. So the first question I have is, what did you wish you had known in middle school 
in high school. Um, I think Matt was planning on answering like high school, and Dallas is planning on answering middle school. So, Sounds good. Um, yeah. Dallas shaved his face you, just for this question. Do I look like, like a middle gotta, schooler even more? So? I gotta look younger yes. tonight. Yeah. I hate it, guys. I don't know what I've done to my face. So but, clean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So maybe just like one piece of advice that you wish you would have known, like if you were talking to yourself mm-hmm. back in the day, high school and middle school. Yeah, we had a little time to think about it, me and Matt. Yeah. So I guess I'll start first. Um, it, it's not language that I would use or that I would have used when I was in middle school or high school, but now looking back and now having the language that we do, which I unintentionally yeah. wore it. Uh, so there we go. On Diamo. But <laughs> on Diamo. Let's go, baby. <laughs> That's actually one of the B's, right? <laughs> Belong, believe, become on Diamo. On Diamo, yes. Uh, so, but the, the word that, like, if I could have given myself this word, or, and I think that other people, thankfully, God placed them in my life to give it to me, it would literally be this first B, which is belonging. Um, and so when I was a middle schooler, my family had just been, like, even looking back on it now, I think it means even more as I think through it, but my family had just been in Greenville for, like, three, four years by the time I was in middle school, and prior to that, we had moved around. I was born in Columbia, South Carolina, right in Lexington, where Shout you, out. you guys are at. Um, and then we moved to Florida for six months. So I was in Columbia for five years, Florida for six months, Alabama for three years, Atlanta for one year, and then to Greenville. So by the time I was nine years old, I had moved all those times. And it wasn't that I, I didn't struggle to, to make friends moving to all those places, but you definitely, as a nine-year-old, how, how could you possibly keep friends like that. Mm. Uh, and so I think realizing even more so that like I was looking for a place to belong, I was looking for people to fit in with, um, and little did I know what, what I really needed was like to find belonging with the people of God and then find belonging with God himself. Because if the people thing was already a struggle, the God thing was even more so because I, all those moves, we stayed in the Catholic church and at least my, what, what I was understanding at that time and the people that I was interacting with as a, a young kid and as a Catholic, God seemed super controlling, um, super mean, uh, seemed not for kids and not for normal people because most of the priests and uh, people I interacted with that were like holy people, they were not very friendly to kids, which is kind of sad to say. And, um, and so that's what I thought. I thought in order to be a godly person, you had to be one of those, those kind of my opinion, stuck up sort of people. That, that's how I saw them at the time. And so then coming here to fellowship, uh, that's, that's what I found is people who accepted me, people who loved me, and over a long period of time, they stayed there consistently, found belonging with the people of God, and then I found belonging with God as I started to hear about his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, um, things that in some way, I think as a kid, I, I thought were the opposite of who God was. So Maybe, maybe you can relate to that in some way where things maybe haven't been super stable for you, if it's your family's moved a bunch or just friendships haven't been stable for whatever reason. Um, but man, one of my prayers for you, it, whether you're in high school or middle school, is that you would find that this is a place where you can be yourself, where you're accepted for who you are, you're, mm-hmm. that you belong with the people of God. Uh, but then further than that, that maybe start to step into some of this believe language that you would start to see, hey, you, you also belong with God, like God is for you, uh, he loves you, he cares about you, and um, yeah, so I, I pray that you guys would find belonging in those ways. Yeah, for me it was, uh, my, my worldview was very much shaped by culture, by the world 
my parents split when I was like nine or ten. I just didn't really have male influences in my life, so I, I kind of looked to the to the culture and to to define masculinity, to define like what life was and all this stuff. And unfortunately, by the time I was in high school, um, man, I was like in the deep end of the of the pool with a lot of that stuff. I, the the important things to me were status, popularity, girls, but I had no sense of future. I had no purpose in life. There was no like, oh, after I graduate, I'll do this. More than likely, I was just going to go into the military, which is a noble cause if that's the path God has for you. But I just didn't know. Like, I wasn't even thinking what my purpose is. I was just thinking in the here and now, and I lived in the here and now. Um, and then I was invited to go to church by a friend of mine, and I said, no. I'm like, dude, heck no, I don't want to do that. And, uh, and he was persistent, like months and months and months of me asking. So I finally went, and through a process God started to grip my heart and around 16 years old I, I believed in Jesus had a radical transformation um, and, and what I wish I had known as a teenager in high school who was living life according to what the world says this is what it means to be a man you got to have status you got to have a lot of girls you got to be popular you, you know whatever else succeed I wish I had known Jesus is better than this life and he offers a better life for you and it's one thing to hear that and be like oh man what a churchy thing to say but it's another thing to experience it and to step into the grace and the, the personhood of Jesus and the relationship that comes with that and then you begin to look at your old life and the value systems tip and you're like how did I even think that that was what life was about and I discovered purpose and passion and, uh, and it all came through the person of Jesus. And when I was living in this life, I, I was so sad. Like, it was such a dead end. And, and people who live in sin know this feeling. It's hollow. There's nothing there. There's no substance. It's just hollow. It's like, oh, it's a thrill for a minute. And then so much emptiness after. Um, and so I tried to change myself. I tried to get out of those habits and, and ruts and, and rituals that I was in. And I could never... And then all of a sudden, I placed my faith in this Jewish man who lived 2,000 years ago and now lives in heaven, the throne of God. I, I believed in this, this man, this story, that it was all real. And all of a sudden, like, I'm changing, and it's not of my own power. The Spirit is starting to change my heart, my passions, my, my, my uh, value system. I started to discover Jesus truly is better and offers better and found deliverance from that life. So... I wish I had known before that. I wish I had known at a much younger age, hey, Jesus, it's better. He's got a better life for you, a better plan for you. He can get a purpose. Yeah, I spent a lot of time doing a lot of stupid things, which I now look back and I'm like, man, what a waste. So, so good. All right, bookends. Style. You guys want to weigh in, in on yours? this? Yeah, mine, mine, I would say super simply, I think I just wish I would have known that, that God just really loves me for who I am. And, um, you know, growing up in Italy, um, in a different culture, I was um, I always felt like that was different, and and sometimes it was fun. And I was the American guy at school. I was the American person, and everyone in Italy loves America. And then I would come home to the United States for a summer. I tell everyone I was Italian, and everyone loves Italians because Italian food. And so, but I just I had such a like it's I so good. It was delicious, man. Um, not Olive Garden though. Olive Garden. No, no. Olive um, Garden. It's endless breadsticks. <laughs> Italian. What's wrong? It's not Italian. <laughs> Anyways, five dollar soups. <laughs> but I think Thank for me God. it was uh, Zuppa Toscana is so good. <laughs> Um, but for me, it was really just to, 
the, the struggle to, I, I wanted to, and I, I was different. I knew I was different. My parents were missionaries. I, I did believe in Jesus at a young age, um, but I, I just knew that I, I was somehow always had to fit in. I had to um, get people to like me or, or do certain things or act a certain way, and I really wish I would have known just from an early age that just God loved me because of who he made me mm. and not because of anything that I did and, and not how good I was or how well behaved. And I, and I was a good kid. I was a good kid in youth group. I was a good kid. Um, well, maybe not school so much, but, but it was just easy to kind of like move into this. Like, man, I just want people to, to like me. I just want people to accept me. Um, and I just wish I would know that God loved me because he made me. It's um, a good word. Full stop. It's a good word. <clears throat> Tyler. Smitty. Um, well, I'll keep it short. I, I could probably go off of a lot of these guys' stories and just echo the same thing. Um, I think for me in middle school, love operated based off of my performance. So if I performed well, then I was accepted. Whether that was in school, whether that was on the sports teams, whether that was how savvy I could be with the ladies. I mean, it was like you fit the category. I had to perform in order to receive love, acceptance, or... Hey, in college, by the way, this guy was nationally ranked as one of the best soccer players All American. in the nation. Wow. In the wow. nation. Wow. So love this dude. I mean, Thank you, man. Hey, this is why I keep certain friends around. <laughs> yeah. They just sort of encourage you, man. Keep Thank you. And they pay for your Waffle House. Thank you, yeah. bro. Thank you, bro. Mm. But for me, that's how love operated. I had to perform well in order to be accepted. Um, and like Matt just described, I, I met Jesus, and Jesus literally turned my concept, my idea, my perception of love upside down. Like it's this divine love that I don't have to work for. And, uh, and his performance literally is the most beautiful thing in the universe. Like, and when I begin to fixate on him, focus on him, like he loves me, and yet I've done nothing like, I am empty. I am hollow. I'm definitely not a disciple of Jesus. I'm a disciple of the world, and I've been left in that space and place of feeling empty, hollow, and dead. And yet this man who gives me everything opposite of that, which is life and life abundantly, um, is defining my life now based on his work, his performance. And I just never encountered love like that. So That's I think good. Jesus is the most transforming person I've ever met. That's so, good. Yeah. Bro, I need to confess to you, man. I've, I have a lot of bitterness in my heart towards you. I've never told you, and wow. I, I need to confess it. This is probably a good a time as any. Okay. I walked with this guy. Hey, this is a public moment of intervention right here. I walked with this guy. You know, I met you as a seventh grader. I thought, oh, man, this guy's... Knucklehead. Pray for me, man. I, this guy's... <laughs> lost cause. <laughs> here they go. Oh, man. Uh, hey, you know those moments with friends when they really build you up? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, I built you up with the soccer thing, you know? <laughs> Um, no, man. Uh, no, I walked with you for six years through middle yeah. school and high school. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we're at this, uh, it's like our epic. What we do is epic. We were at this thing one weekend. We were, we were in our small group and in the house time. Six years I'd walk with this dude. And that night he decided he wanted to believe in Jesus. You had this breakdown moment. I remember you, I saw you in the, in the bedroom, like weeping on the bed. You, you were like broken. And there was this other small group leader in the group. And this other dude had been there maybe a year. He was like the ringer out of nowhere, out of left field. And you were ready to believe in Jesus. <laughs> you were ready to place your faith in Jesus. And you wanted someone to pray with you. <laughs> and you called in this other dude <laughs> after six years of investment. And I just remember standing there like. <laughs> I've never prayed so hard in my life against someone. Yeah. As in that moment right there. Oh, wow. Guys, I'm kidding. Lighten up, man. I was so delighted. Gosh, this, this people are like, oh my gosh. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. kidding. You did call in the no, other guy. He, and I was her. I mean, I cried that night. Yeah, 100%. For different reasons. Well, I, mean, I think, I mean, the scripture says some plant, others, others water, some harvest. Uh, yeah, so, man. Yeah. Like, 
<laughs> I don't know what you I don't know what you just said, but I like it. No, I love it. Hey, I love this guy, man. We give each other a hard time out so of love. Good. So, yeah. all right. Wow. Ray, walk us through the disciple triangle. <laughs> Wait, can I share mine real fast? Yeah, I yeah. would love that. Okay. Yes. Yeah, Ray. Rachel B. Rachel B. He asked me to, so I, I wrote something down. Wrote Secretly, little... I've, I've been planning on on making you speak almost on like every triangle oh, wow. corner. Okay. Even though well, I told we'll you I see wouldn't. about that. Um, so honestly, I feel like I blocked out a lot of middle school, so I'll talk about high school. Mm. Um, middle school was great. I just like, don't remember a lot of it, but for high school, I feel like very similar. Like I just put my identity in a lot of different things, like how well I could do in school. Um, if I had a boyfriend, if my friends were liking me, if I was on the swim team, if I was on the soccer team, like just putting my identity in like all of these little baskets. Um, and one thing that I learned a couple years ago was I read this book called The Truest Thing About You. And it talks about how the truest thing about you is that you're a child of God. And there are so many other things about you that are like, you know, I work at FGS, I'm a daughter, I'm a friend, like all those other things. But the truest thing about me is that I'm a daughter of the king. Um, and so I think going back, I would say, hey, remember that your identity and your worth is found there and your worth is not found in, hey, do you have a boyfriend? Hey, did you make this team? Hey, did you make a 4.0? Because mm. um, I found my worth a lot in that. And I felt like that's, my parents were like pushing me towards like good grades and extracurriculars. Um, and so I felt like, oh, okay, that's where my worth needs to be found. Mm. Um, so that's what I would say. Just finding my worth and my identity in the Lord and what he thinks of me and not what other people think of me. It's a great word. Yeah. Thanks for everybody. So that is mine. Yeah. All right. As All right. you as you guide us through the triangle. Yes. I'm gonna lean into you to move us along quickly. Okay. Guys, not a, not all of us will be able to speak mm. to each corner. Okay. Um, so Ray Ray. Sounds good. Assertive. Ooh, hate that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So our first point of the triangle is life with Jesus, and so um, Matt, I'll pick Matt and Style for this one. Okay. Um, if you guys could talk about what your life with Jesus looked like back then and what it looks like now. Like, what is the difference between those? Yeah. Smitty, you want to go first? <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Stella. I was like, <laughs> I don't know if you can't Tyler. You are directly going against my Matt, pick. Matt, yeah, I'll pick you, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> my bad, dog. Hey, uh, hold that mic. Hold that mic. Style, you want to go first, brother? <laughs> um, yeah, I'll say this, man. Like I said, I, <laughs> Got him. So weird I'll turn off their mics. Um, like I said early on, I, I, I accepted Jesus at a young, younger age, and so um, the big difference for me was really just having a real relationship. And I, I tell this, um, I worked for a long time with middle schoolers, and so I used to share this with them. I really believe that a relationship with God is a friendship with God. Hmm. And the way that we get to know other people, uh, the reason we can stand up here and have inside jokes and laugh and tell stories is because we've spent time together. And so it's always like, well, that's so weird. How do you do that with God? And it, there literally was like, like I sat down and I, I, not in like a weird way, but I like envisioned God being there with me. And so I will talk, and not out loud, but like in my mind out loud to him, just like I would call Dallas or, or text Matt or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I really view that as a relationship with God. And when I do that, when I start to think like, God, I want to get to know you. I want to tell you about my life. I want to tell you what's happening. Um, then then that's, that has impacted my relationship with him. And so two, two things that I've done um, over time, uh, one is just as I'm driving, talking out loud, and, and even if it's stuff that God knows, he knows everything, I just tell him, here's why I'm frustrated today, or here was what's going on throughout my day. Um, when I was really young, in, in middle school, I had, um, this 
is so dumb. Uh, but I had a contact on my phone that I created, and I, and I put Jesus as his contact, and, and there was no number. And every once in a while, if I had really had a stressful moment, I would, like, pretend to send a text to Jesus. And I would just write what I would, what I would pray. And so for me, it felt like I was texting someone, um, but I was telling God. That's creative, bro. Hey, thank you, bro. That's like a, that's creative, man. I, I sometimes I, like I feel that. embarrassed by that because it's like, there was You a, said you were in middle school? Uh, in high school. High school. But I feel like it was just kind of like a, like a weird thing to do. Mm. Um, but Did you ever hit send? <laughs> well, there was no number. Someone so responds. Oh, oh, Jesus oh, ever text oh, you back? <laughs> um, but, but I found then, <laughs> no, that I, there was no number there, but, but it was just good for me. It was a way to, to express myself. And then recently I found two, um, I was blessed to this house I was living in had just a really cool view. And, and so when I got up in the morning, I would make coffee. And, and instead of just sitting there and drinking coffee and, and put, playing music or getting on my phone, I would pretend like I was having coffee with God. And not, again, not a weird pretend. Like I didn't pour a second cup for like an empty seat. <laughs> <laughs> the first, one, first one's magically gone. <laughs> All right. I, I wouldn't do anything like that. But it was like, okay, just like if you were my friend and you were, yeah. you'd come sit on my couch and have coffee with me, yeah, I'd imagine... That. Spending the time with God. I love that, so, man. so the difference for me is to really view my walk with Him, relationship with Him as something real, as something tangible, because it is so spiritual and it's yeah. hard to, to put handles on. Yeah, I, I don't want to spend a lot of time because I think you nailed it. I would go with the friendship uh, language as well, terminology as well, this whole idea that God is a friend. Um, in, the, in the Hebrew language, the Hebrew concept to, to walk with someone, to walk with someone is a, is a notion of friendship. And in the Garden of Eden, um, there's this, this image that we get where God is walking with Adam and Eve. Um, they, they would walk in the garden together. And it's from the beginning, what we've had in connection with our Creator is friendship. It's really interesting. And, uh, and Jesus is, is a friend. I, like, I love the way, I mean, that's creative, man. Like, all right, he's a friend. How would I treat a friend? I'd host him, you know? Like, you know, you're not pouring coffee for him, but... <laughs> But you are in your mind like, man, he's sitting here. And that's true. Like his presence is in us and with us. And so I, I would say life with Jesus is a friendship and it's a pursuit of a friend. And, um, and I think sometimes our idea of Jesus can be so rigid and, and dogmatic or so like holier than thou, you know, like we've got to clean ourselves up to the whatever degree before we can even approach Jesus and the, the, that couldn't be furthest from the truth. He's a friend, and uh, he walks with us. Jesus himself says, I, I, I live in you. My spirit is given to you. It lives in you. And so we're with Jesus. He's with us. And when we start to think about that, it kind of redefines our approach. So, so good. Thanks, guys. All right, so now we're going to talk about life and community. Dallas, Tyler, if you guys want to speak into this one. So what did your life and community look like back then, middle school, high school? And what does it look like now? <laughs> Stal's gonna take Stal, this. Stal, you go first on this. <laughs> uh, I can go, Tyler. Is that good? Yeah, it'd be great. Okay. Okay. That'll give me a few seconds here. Okay. <laughs> now that I didn't know which point we're going to. <laughs> uh, so I think that this shift happened more in high school for me. But like, even when I when I see a lot of you guys, I think this was one of the most important things for me. Was like middle school. <laughs> I was in. I was in the group that, uh, you know, during worship, we're like pushing each other, not because it's an intense song, but because we think it's funny to push each other uh, during worship. Like not, like maybe there's a, wor a worship song that's more appropriate for a mosh pit. These were never appropriate times for mosh pits. Uh, but like I was in that group of kids. Uh, I was in the group that, you know, one of us would just say something silly during a message and we'd all crack up. Like, 
Um, and we weren't like completely disrespectful. Like it, it ended at a point, right? But, but I think, uh, I, I say that to say a lot of our friendship was just silliness and just like hanging out and enjoying time together. And um, not that was bad because I think the Lord used that. Again, it goes back to that belonging. Like we had to uh, have those like shared experiences and have, like, have those memories made, have those inside jokes. But once, like a little later into high school, there were some pretty serious things that happened within our friend group, uh, some pretty powerful spiritual moments that a few of us had where we had to make a shift to be more intentional with each other. Hmm. Like we had to make a shift where instead of just like goofing off and laughing all the time, even though we still did plenty of that, like we, we made a shift where we were talking about like, hey, how do we live life on mission? Hey, how's your walk with Jesus? Like we, we made a shift where we, we actually asked each other about our sin. Like, and maybe that's a, a challenge to some of you in the room. Like, when's the last time one of your buddies or one of your girlfriends has, like, asked you? Not if you're a dude and you have girl, multiple girlfriends. I wouldn't advise against that. But ladies, when's the last time one of, your, one of your close lady friends asked you, like, hey, how's that, how's that thing going? Like, we, we had to make a shift at some point to becoming more intentional. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, there's so much more we could say about life and community. But, but I would say, like, who are your, like, who's your two or your three good friends, or maybe you just, maybe all you need is one right now, that you can go after something that's a little more intentional than just, hey, when I see them, I know that I can, like, trust them to not, like, and and this is important too, but, like, I can just trust them to accept me right now, Uh, but sometimes you need, like, more than that. You need somebody who's going to accept you and challenge you and, you know, always be pointing you to, to Jesus, uh, even in the times where that's the thing like you least want. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if I could challenge you there in community, it'd be just an intentionality. Yeah. So good, Dallas. That's really good, dude. Tyler. Wow. Yeah, it's great. Um, I'll microwave this. Um, yeah, so again, I met Jesus the back half of my senior year of high school, and before then was basically I was I was like the popular kid in school, so I knew everyone. But it was super ironic because I was like a mile wide in friendships and relationships, but an inch deep with everybody. So it was actually incredibly lonely. Like I, I knew everybody, but nobody really knew me and I didn't really know anybody. So it's kind of this interesting game that like nobody knew what was happening, but it, like it was the game I was playing. So again, popularity, status, success, like I was just going after those things. I was the best soccer player on the team. I was the most well-known kid in high school, da, 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 da. Uh, but I didn't really know anybody. So I was an inch uh, wide, a mile deep. Started to follow Jesus. Uh, this dude other way, labored. Other way. Yeah, flip it. So. Mile, mile wide, inch deep. Oh. <laughs> you were like, man, inch wide, but, but a mile deep. Whatever the metric is to that phrase, dude. That's who I was, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this dude labored into my heart for six years, right? I didn't come to know Jesus till the tail end of that process. Um, with the other small group leader. With the other small group leader. <laughs> Never forget. Yeah. <laughs> Name drop. Does somebody need prayer? <laughs> I thought we were new. Just I thought we were <laughs> Yes. Um, man, Greg was the man. So he was good. He was good. So this dude labored over my heart. Long story short, man, I came to meet Jesus and really felt the Lord leading me to a Bible college uh, six months after that. And, um, and this was the first time I really started to walk with Jesus. And to be super honest, I was not down to go to a Bible college. My perception of a Bible college was there are a bunch of corny Christians. And I don't know what degree a Bible major is going to get me for money, life, and job after this. So <laughs> sayonara, I'm not going. <laughs> like, that was my stance towards this Bible college. And um, 
to tap into life with Jesus, just started to pray and walk with Jesus. And literally over a course of two weeks, uh, God turned my hard heart into uh, a really soft place and said, man, this is where I want you to go. So fast forward three more months, um, I'm still walking with Jesus. I was a different dude. I'm like, like talking to people different. I'm walking different. And I love Jesus and my heart's on fire and I'm passionate. And I landed school at CIU and literally down the hallway, one of the first dudes I ever met was this Indian dude. And he literally just landed off of a flight in a plane uh, into Columbia. And he was a part of our soccer team where I was uh, playing uh, college soccer. And this dude, it's summer, right? So it's, it's August here in South Carolina. It's hot. This dude's wearing the CIU jumpsuit. Like the onesie. <laughs> I don't know where he found that. Those hadn't been handed out yet. <laughs> but he had one. He's got a scarf on and he's wearing these like, <laughs> like, like thick white framed glasses with a red hat that in white cursive letters says Rio. And I asked him, I said, dude, you ever been to Brazil? <laughs> he said, no, I bought this hat in an airport. <laughs> Cool, man. <laughs> Literally the goofiest dude I'd ever met. He comes walking down the hallway like, whoop, what's going on, guys? How are we doing? <laughs> Crazy dude, man. Crazy dude. And if you had to ask me, if you had to ask me nine months ago, who are friends that I would choose? This dude does not make the cut. <laughs> he doesn't make the cut. Like, I just wouldn't have sought him out. Yeah, I've never met a dude who loves Jesus mm -hmm. and loves people as fiercely and as boldly mm -hmm. as this dude. Yeah. The only reason that I'm friends with this dude, and we are still friends, I FaceTimed him like 12 hours ago, yeah. um, is, be is because of Jesus. Yeah. Like Jesus has radically changed the way I think about friendship. And just one last line. Um, and I, I was just going to say, and be because of our relationship, well, our circles, like I got to know, his name's Abhishek Papu. I got to know Abhishek through our friendship. And then two years ago, he asked me to officiate his wedding. Yes. And, and so this like life with community thing because of our friendship this yeah. guy became a dear friend of mine yeah um really and now amazing. we're all dancing at an indian reception one night which yeah. was wild yeah 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 if you think wedding receptions for americans are crazy yeah. indians it gets down man yeah it was so we were dancing it was awesome um but just one last thing I, said, I think yeah they do someone's like yeah they do who's been to an indian wedding yeah there they do <laughs> But I, I, I'll just say one last thing. Like, if, if you were to, I had somebody tell me this one time, and it literally shaped my soul in a pretty powerful way. I said, if you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And just this radical thought, like, who you spend time around, the company you keep, like, it really does change the trajectories of life for you. Yeah. Show me your friends, I'll show you uh, your future. That's a good word. Yeah. So good, Tyler. Oh, gosh. Um, okay, so our last one is life on mission, and I'm going to speak a little bit to this. Does anyone yeah. else, like, feel called to speak yeah, on that? Yeah, I want to speak okay. to this one, too. All right, you speak to this Especially one, Especially when I first believed in Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to start? No. Okay. I'll All right, I'll start. Okay, so I Tyler? first... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pinball this one back to Stel. <laughs> <laughs> so I first um, began a relationship with Jesus in elementary school, so pretty young. Um, and then in middle school and high school would do like service days, like very similar youth group to what we have here at FGS. Um, so would do like serve days, went on a local mission trip in Charlotte, and then went to Mexico my senior year of high school. And I think my view of life on mission back then was just, okay, if you go somewhere else and like serve people, that's life on mission. And if you like go, you know, stay a week in this place, that's a life on mission, mm -hmm. mission trip, you know? Um, but I think now I've realized that life on mission is just like every day and it looks a little bit different 
like working at a church because I'm not interacting with non-Christians like constantly like I was in college. But um, especially working with Young Life, I learned a lot about like planting seeds in people's lives. And I would encourage you guys, like you guys are in school, you guys are seeing all types of people every single day. And so I would encourage you guys to really lean into planting seeds. Um, and what I mean by that is the actions and the words that you have every day, those are being taken in by the people around you. And um, you're reflecting Jesus, hopefully, by the things that you're doing. And so that's life on mission. You are living on mission for God with every single thing that you're doing every single day. Um, so it's not just waiting till the summer to go on a mission trip. It's not just waiting for high school or middle school serve days, um, but it's every single day. And so I think yeah. just like the switch in mindset in that was really crazy, really drastic for me. Yeah, that's great. That's a good word. And I, I think sometimes we think mission is overseas or, mm -hmm. or whatever, but it's not. You're right. Uh, for me, like when I, I, I shared, and some of you guys know my story, when I first believed in Jesus, I was 16, and it, it was a, I mean, a 180. Like, I, I had a radical come to Jesus moment, um, like a, every night for seven nights straight, the Lord brought me um, to, to just weeping and not understanding why, um, and I was just crying out to God. And at the end of that seven days, it, I mean, it just all clicked. Like, it was <clears throat> really unique. So I didn't know much about Jesus. I didn't grow up in church. I didn't know the lingo, the language. I didn't know how to navigate a Bible. I didn't know any of that. I just knew I loved Jesus. And, um, and one of the first verses that I ever found in the scriptures that I read is, is in the Old Testament uh, prophetic book, Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9. And Jeremiah is talking about his uh, relationship with God. And he says, man, if I, if I say that I won't speak any more about God or, or speak in his name, Behold, I, I can't. I can't do it. His word is in my bones like a fire. I, I'm weary of holding it in. I, I can't. Like he, he describes his passion for God as if his very skeleton is on fire and he has to talk about it. And I read that verse and something clicked in me and it was like, I feel the same. And, and man, I, I had this uh, Bible, this huge, I don't know what the first Bible you guys owned was. I had this huge Bible it was like a study Bible, and then it had this case that you, you it was like a, a nylon case, you like tucked it in and then z z z zipped it and then whoosh, buckled it, and then it had like highlighter slots and pin slots, filled all that. Cool. Then it had like a mesh thing on the front, packed that with stuff, tracks probably, like for real. And I just remember like I had that thing in hand, and I man, I just I would go to school eager to talk to people about Jesus, and I would just like. I'd be like in the hallway, like scanning, man. And it was like Moses in the Red Sea. People were like, oh, please don't talk to me, dude. Like people would just split when I came because they knew, dude, this dude, he's gone nuts. Like he, he is just all about this Jesus guy. I lost a lot of friends. I got mocked. But to me, I didn't care. Like I'd get to school early. I'd go in the uh, breakfast room during or the cafeteria during breakfast hour and just look like who's sitting alone? Earl. I know Earl. Let's go. And, and I would just want to talk to people about Jesus. And I just couldn't hold it in. Um, so much so that like me and some dudes in the, in the youth group just decided, why do we, why is this only with like proximity? Like people near us, why don't we just start going door to door with this thing? And so we just started blanketing neighborhoods in our city. And man, I'm telling you, if you think talking about Jesus is, is intimidating, which it is, like there's few things more intimidating than standing in front of a house not knowing who's going to answer and you know you're the dude who's ringing the doorbell like it's you I mean you're so 
like you're standing there, right? Like, and you walk up, ding dong, and you have like no words. Like it's not a script. You don't know what you're gonna say. And someone opens the door and sees this teenager, and they're like, hi, and and you just want to talk about Jesus. Like I, I I paid a guy one time. He's like, I don't have the time. And I was like, I'll pay you right here. And I gave him like ten bucks for his time. Wow. I don't know, man. But for me, it's like I don't <laughs> like I, I I want to tell you about about Jesus because he changed my life yeah. and it was not of my own strength and I found a friend and I, and, and I belong and, and all these other wonderful things. So this daily mission walk was really, man, I discovered it in high school just because of this passion about this guy, Jesus. So. And, and and do you say, still hold that Bible all the time? Sorry. Sorry. Okay. I was just, <laughs> just going to say, and I think it's one of those things where, like what you said, Rachel, like it's, it's not something we, we turn off, it's like, oh, it's mission time now. Right. All right, stop mission time. Like it's, it's all the time. And um, Tyler and I just spent um, Friday, I was kindred to Tyler's house Friday, hung out with these guys. And uh, yesterday we went around town, we went to the mall, we went downtown to a coffee shop. Today we went out for lunch at, um, I forget what that place is called. Um, <clears throat> Gather Greenville, bro. The what? Gather. Gather. Say it with gather. gather. No, I'm just kidding. Gather Greenville. Gather Greenville. It was not the Olive Garden. Olive Garden. Um, but man, it was crazy. We've had some, some crazy encounters. I like the food. Uh, the soup bowls. We, we've seen all kinds of people and people who we've talked to and people who we've been able to be like super nice to and, and communicate and people have come up to us and asked us questions. Mm. But it's, it's like all those interactions. And it wasn't like, oh, you know, it's mission, it's mission time, it's mission hour. Like, the way we handle people, the way we deal with mm-hmm. them, the way we encourage or talk kindly or, or, or even challenge someone who's, who's being crazy or doing something, like, all of those are, are moments to live like Jesus and to be able to display him. Um, I just think that's, that's mm-hmm. always encouraging to think. Yeah. yeah. So good. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks yeah. for all the input. And, you, Rachel. Um, Ray. Snaps. Guys, give it up for Rachel Baylor. Yeah, Rachel. Man. Uh, so good times. Matt, the, do you want to kind of wrap us up on this? Yeah, I would say the summary, like it, middle school, high school students sitting in here and listening, the, the advice, that, that original question would be, you don't have to perform because Jesus has already performed for you. It's already mm-hmm. been accomplished. Life is better. Jesus is better. Your worth and identity are found in Jesus and not who you are or what you do or what you're about or what your parents ask you to do. It's all found in Jesus. You belong in the family of Jesus because God has already accepted you and he loves you for who you are. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, that original question in our responses, um, if you had forgotten, I would say there's the reminder. Like that, that, that's, a, man, that's a sermon series right there. So that's good. Yeah. So yeah, um, I'll pray. I'll pray for us and close us out. And Tyler and Stallion, thanks guys for jumping in and just being like so flexible. Literally saw him walk through and was like, "It's a pleasure." It's a pleasure. Yup, I need I need some chairs. All right, let's pray, guys. Father, we love you, um, and we thank you so much. Thank you for these uh, brothers and sister of of mine, some of uh, whom I've known for almost two decades uh, now, and how dear they are to me. Thank you for your son and discovering what it means to have a life with Jesus. It's not this rigid religious system full of rules only and, and hollow sayings and actions. It is a rich and full life, and the creator of the universe is our friend. He gives us purpose. He's better. Jesus, uh, we thank you. Thank you for friends and for community who love on us and give us belonging and uh, 
even just on this stage, the snapshot of your kingdom of, of friendships. And thank you for giving us purpose and passion to talk about the person of Jesus, this life on mission, this day in and day out, walking with Jesus, and the, the overflow of that relationship just comes through us in our interactions with other people. Thank you uh, just for how good and awesome and wonderful you are. We love you, Spirit. We pray you would bless this time, and hopefully whatever was said up here tonight, even just one thing sticks in a mind and heart tonight that is a seed and that becomes growth and maturity and, uh, and a closeness with Jesus. We ask these things, Jesus, in your name. Amen.